What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down and chat with Robin Machado. Uh, Before I get into the details of the episode, I just want to remind you guys, yet again, the Patreon page is up and running. It's a great way to support the show. There's all sorts of good content on there, programming. Uh, There's loyalty rewards for people who stick around. Um, And then there's some coaching and Mental Monday extendeds and all that stuff. If you don't want to do that, if you could share, like, subscribe, rate, tell your friends, all that shit, that would be great. And if you don't want to do that, you just want to sit and listen, that's cool. And I appreciate you for doing that. Um, as far as this episode is concerned, uh, Robin is a raw lifter. Um, she's jacked and she came back from a wildly strange injury she had where she broke her arm. Uh, we get into the details of all that stuff, uh, her nutrition, her training uh, blocks, all that stuff. Uh, it was a really cool episode. I don't want to give too much away. This is episode 138 of the TWC Stay Hated podcast. Enjoy it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Robin Machado. Robin is a raw powerlifter that I was sort of uh, connected with through uh, Kira Rickson, who I had on the the show a couple weeks ago, Um, and she said she was a bad bitch that was super strong, and I was stoked to to have the connection made and uh, get her on the show, so I'm really excited to have her on and learn a bunch of stuff about her and her training and everything that's gone on. Um, so I'm stoked to have you. Robin, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, so like I said uh, before we got started, I've done very minimal research about okay. you. Uh, I did some creeping on your Instagram. You're very strong and you're jacked. So that's oh, cool. <laughs> uh, so let's just start with some easy ones. Um, how old are you now? And when did you find, uh, I guess like powerlifting as a sport or like weight training in general? So, um, sorry, someone literally just walked up my driveway. Um, so I'm 36 years old. Um, I started powerlifting about Six years ago, I used to be a competitive grappler, um, and I was moving around a lot, so I didn't really have, like, a solid place to train jiu-jitsu, and so I started just working out with the intention of just getting as strong as I possibly could, um, and one day I was working out with this girl, her name was Jess, and she was a bodybuilder, and she's like, all right, we're going to deadlift. And, like, I had never deadlifted before, and, like, ever, and that was just six years ago. So we're deadlifting, and I think I lifted, like, 300 pounds, like, the first time I ever deadlifted. And she was like, wow, you should probably, you know, get into powerlifting. And I was like, what the heck is that? And um, <laughs> so I – my squat and my bench were, like, decent back then, Um my deadlift definitely needs a little bit of work. Actually, a lot of work. Um, I found this shit. So I signed up for a push-pull meet. And, like, two months later, I did that. I won that, which wasn't, like, hard to do because it was a really small meet. But 
kind of got me hooked. And then two months later, I, well, I signed up for a, like a full power meet, uh, USPA meet. And I won that too. And then like, it just snowballed from there. Yeah. So, uh, it's, <laughs> I love like hearing about people like getting into powerlifting that like didn't really know that it existed, Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> it's like the same, same old story, right? Like when you say powerlifting to someone who doesn't know it, they like put their hands over their head and they're like this one, like when yes. you put the thing yeah. or like the, they're like, Oh, like the, the stones, right? Like when you pick up and it's like, nah, <laughs> kind of, but not really. Um, yeah. So that first, do you remember what you did for numbers and at what body weight in your first, like the full power meet? So my first full power meet, let's see, I think I was maybe like 129. I was, it was a 60 kilogram class. I think I weighed okay. like 129. Um, and my squat was 308. My bench was one. I can't remember like the exact conversions, but I think it was like 187. And my deadlift, I think it was like 358. Um, Holy shit. Okay. So those are like pretty good numbers. Even like as a, as a novice, those are like solid, correct? Like I, like mm -hmm. if there's one thing that I don't keep my like finger on the pulse of, it's like raw, small weight class, female powerlifting. Like that's the yeah. one that I probably follow the least. So like, the, <laughs> but those not, those numbers sound fucking wild for a first beat. Were people like blown away by that? Was that like, what, did you know, like at that moment, you're like, all right, I'm pretty fucking good at this. Or like, were you still just kind of like, whatever about it? Honestly, I was still pretty clueless. I had no idea what was good and what wasn't good. Um, all I know is I was kind of looking at some of the other girls that I was going to be competing against and I was looking at like what they had done previously and I was like, there's no way I'm going to win this because the one girl could like easily pull 405, you know, so I, I don't know, I just, I just thought it was fun. Um, and the fact that I won the meet, like as a female, I got like that female lifter, um, that just like blew me away. So, but no, I, I had I was clueless. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. better that way. Like sometimes like uh, when a lifter doesn't really know like that a number is pretty big, like it's almost better where you're just like, oh, this is normal. This is just yeah. like what I fucking do. So what have your uh, – so, so you squatted around three, benched a little under two, and then pulled over three. Like what are your, uh, what are your best numbers since then? Um, like at a meet or just yeah, in the gym? Yeah, so, yeah, at a meet. Um, my best numbers in a meet, um, so as you know, I broke my arm in 2020. So my first meet back since then, I didn't go crazy numbers-wise. Like I, I went with something like that I knew I'd be comfortable getting. So my squat, I got 380. My bench was 243. And then my deadlift was 446. Ish. At like yeah. what? At what? Uh, what body weight? Uh, one forty-one. Yeah, that is sick. Are those numbers uh, like pretty high in the rankings? Like as far as like uh, current or like all-time lists? Like where are you in the in the mix with all that? So in because that was September of twenty twenty-one. I think that put me. So I didn't cut weight for that meet. Um, it's a sixty-seven point five kilogram class. I went up a weight class. Um, I think it put me in 13th 
in the okay. world for that year. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah, I think so it was the thirteenth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick. Um. So like, let's talk about the arm break. So was this was it benching or squatting? <laughs> squatting. Yeah. Brutal. And uh, I'm assuming it was humorous. It was actually. Or... Thank goodness it wasn't my humorous. Um. It was my radius. It was, and I Holy just broke shit. my radius. Yeah. Holy fuck. So, uh, talk about it. Like what, what, what uh, the fuck happened? Are you obviously you're back to getting after it now. So it's like kind of can chuckle about it, but like, yeah, what let's talk about it. Like what happened? What were you doing? Like you said it was in 2020. So it's been two years. Like, uh, what was going on? Give me the story. So it was, I think it was a week before lockdowns. And so it was my second attempt squat. My first attempt was amazing. My second attempt squat, I noticed the rack height was set a couple notches, like a notch too high. But I was like, you know, like high on adrenaline. Everyone was like yelling for me to do it. And so, and it was my second attempt. So it wasn't a weight that was like super heavy for me. It was something that I could rep for like five reps. So I'm like, okay. Sure. I'm like, so I kind of got on my toes just a little tiny bit to get the bar to unrack it. And okay. since it was a little too high, the bar kind of like hit the hook when I was trying to unrack. And so I lost like tightness. So mm-hmm. I stepped back and she, I noticed like things are just a little loose, but I'm like, oh, no big deal. Like, <laughs> I'll be fine. So <laughs> she gives me the squat commands, the start command. So I start to squat and I feel the bar just slide down my back and I used to do low bar and like real low bar like because I could squat more that way it was very uncomfortable but yeah I could squat more and I was stubborn so I'm like okay so I start to squat the bar starts to slide and it was just like a little bit of pressure on my arm and I never felt like I was in danger but all of a sudden I heard this like loud crunch and I was like holy crap the bar just broke. This bar's brand spanking new. Like, how did that happen? And I look over and I see my arm and I see not the bone coming out of the skin, but like I see it trying to poke through the skin and I just like screamed <laughs> because I was in shock. <laughs> um, it didn't hurt, but it just looking at it and like hearing it just freaked me out. Um, so yeah, they get, they got the bar off me and they like picked me up because they thought I like hurt my knee so they're like carrying me and I'm like can you guys can I walk and they're like I don't know can you and I'm like yeah I'm like it was my arm and they're like what um yeah holy shit um, that's the crazy so did, did you yeah. like did, did the bar come like crashing on top of you like did, how did the I'm assuming there's video I some people post there I definitely would post my shit if I fuck myself up but like uh <laughs> some some people don't post there like the big ones like did, did you see a video of it did the bar like did you get like smushed underneath it because like no, I, I'm, really. I'm putting it to well I'm like putting it together here I'm like this is a walked out squat like there's no safety straps like what happened to the bar so luckily the spotters were just amazing and there is a video on it and I did post the video. Um, Savage. Actually, yeah. You can't really see, you can hear it. You can certainly hear what happens, but you can't mm-hmm. exactly see what happens. Um, in my opinion, I haven't watched the whole thing to be honest because like, it's just gross to me. Um, Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I did post it. Um, no, the spotters 
they, as soon as I started to scream, they just picked the bar up off me. Um, yeah, but it, it sucked. Holy it, shit. it was just, it was such a bummer, you know, cause I trained so hard and that was actually like just an in-between prepper meet for the showdown, like the first showdown. And I was so excited. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get to be able to share the platform with the best of the best. And I never got that opportunity because I had to get surgery and um, I got a plate and like eight screws on my arm. And then I had to go Holy through all the, like, the rehab. So it was just a bummer. Yeah. So like uh, on the day of like that happens, they carry you off the platform, you're walking it out. And then it's like, did at some point like the shock wear off and you're like, holy shit, my fucking arm hurts or like, well, how did it all go? And, and, and how were the, uh, cause I found that like when I've had injuries doing shit that like most normal people don't do like doctors and ERs, they can kind of be assholes. Like, were they yeah. good to, were they good to you? Was it like, like, how did that all go when you go into the ER or the fucking ambulance shows up or whatever, like, and your arm is hanging off? So I went to the hospital and here because of like COVID and everything, I thought it was going to be packed, but there was literally no one there. They did an x-ray and the girl was like, I'm not supposed to show you this, but this is your arm and it's broken. And cause I thought I tore a muscle. I didn't think, I didn't think it was possible to break your arm squatting, you know? Um, right. So I thought maybe I tore a muscle and it was just like muscle just bound up in this one spot. But, um, yeah, so I did the x-ray. They gave me some, like, <laughs> high-dose ibuprofen. But honestly, I never felt any pain. It was really weird. And then uh, two days later, I ended up getting surgery. Um, but, I mean, my surgeon, he had no, like, bedside manners. Like, the last thing I wanted <laughs> to hear was that I needed surgery because I didn't have health insurance at the time. So I was like, I was just hoping they could throw a cast on my arm and send me on my way. Um, but no, I needed like a $20,000 surgery. So. Yes. Yeah, that was so that's the, that's the fear. Uh, I live with that fear <laughs> <laughs> cur cur currently. Cause I, I have had, uh, I had a knee injury where I needed knee surgery like several years ago. And it was like a fucking horror show because I was not insured, and yeah. like th then you're you're like fuck my life. Like, is my lack of like being an adult right now gonna fuck me over to like lift weights? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's obviously a lot going. You're like fuck. Like, this is gonna cost way more than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, so, do you say a plate and nine screws? Is that what you said they got put in there? It's. I think it might be eight screws, but yeah, I have a plate and eight screws and um they never gave me a cast so which freaked me out but and my recovery wasn't that bad it was just the nerve damage um and honestly like i really didn't have that much pain um everything was pretty numb and even to this day it's been two years i still have like numbness in my thumb and my uh, pointer finger um uh, okay. damage and stuff so like hook grip is kind of out of the out of the um card yeah i can't do that so. Is it your, is it, so now you're not doing hook. Do you use it as your underhand or your overhand? Um, I use it as my, I'm actually like <laughs> trying doing to figure it, it right, out right now. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's my overhand. Yeah. I can't okay. do any like underhand type things with that arm. That's so over. Yeah. Yeah. So in the multiply world, there's been, 
there was like a there was like a sequence of like maybe like 18 months where like several people and two girls had like broke their arm bad and um oh, one of them was like a one of them was like a compound fracture benching in a shirt uh oh, and the other i don't think the other one was a compound fracture but one of the things that i know that they had issues with both of them was like deadlifting without pain and then uh squatting like with a straight bar without pain um how you know how is the rehab for you as far as like getting back under the bar and fuck all that like the physical aspect is the easy part like what was mm-hmm. the mental part what was the mental part like for you cuz that's a that's a weird fucking injury oh my gosh the mental part was like you said that was the hardest part so I remember when I was allowed to actually straight bar squat, I just like used a Smith machine and I was still afraid I was going to break my arm again. And yeah, but I started, um, you know, it actually, it wasn't as bad. So I started with 135 and then literally two days later, I had 315 on my back straight bar, but I do high bar now. So I will never right. low bar again. I actually know six people off the top of my head who have broken their same arm squatting and we all did low bar. So I just figure doing high bar, it's much safer for me. It sucks. It sucks having to work my way back up um, numbers wise because I just never did high bar. I always just did low. So, um, but yeah, I hit 405 like six months after my break um, with the SSD. Yeah. Because with the SSD, um, I didn't have to worry about my arm, you know? Right. Yeah. That's a still a monster squat though, too. Um, yeah. Like that's but a then big I, raw squat. <clears throat> but then after uh, that, um, I hit it on a straight ahead. bar, but then I just mentally, like I couldn't get past that number mentally because I was just scared of going to hurt myself. So. <laughs> yeah. So do yeah. you not keep your arms super close now like did you kind of like because you're high bar do you have your hands a bit wider yes <laughs> yeah yeah I, so yeah i've actually uh this dude i actually had him on the podcast mike hadleski and he's kind of like uh like he's very strong um but he's also and i mean this in the best way mike if you're listening he's very nerdy and he is like big on like these like big studies and all this stuff and there's something about um, he posted something. There was like another guy at like some USPA meet, I believe, that broke his forearm, um, squatting. And it's like, why the fuck is this happening? And he came to like the conclusion, I'm going to butcher this, but it was something to the effect of like, when your hands are in that tight, uh, close to like your shoulders, you're getting like, it's not actual tightness, it's like passive tightness. So, your all of the pressure goes onto your fucking wrist and forearm. Yeah. So it's like you're kind of asking for it. There's going to be like a, you know, pun intended breaking point with that shit. Yeah. Um, so I have seen a bunch. That's weird. That's it's just been in the past like couple of years. Though. I had never seen that before. I'd seen someone break their humerus with like a low bar. That was like a freak accident. Yeah. Um, but I had never seen that. So did you, as far as like, um, grip issues and stuff like that did you have anything going with that? i know you said you couldn't pull hook anymore but like uh did you have any problems like holding on to deadlifts after that um you know the weird thing is, is no like i have to use chalk if i use if i don't use chalk i literally cannot pull 
over 315. But if I have chalk, like I literally just pulled uh, five plates a few weeks ago, um, and I had no grip issues. So it's really weird. But the sketchiest thing is bench. So I don't know what it is about bench. Maybe it's compressing some kind of nerve, but like I will randomly get the shock in my arm and it literally just makes me want to like drop whatever I have in my left hands. And I constantly drop things in my left hand. So it's really, it's just really odd to me that I'll like have a cup, just like a shaker cup in my left hand and I'll just spontaneously drop it. But when I deadlift, doesn't matter what it is, uh, 135 or 500 pounds, like I can hold on to it. It's really weird. I don't no don't shit. have an answer for you. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> the grip thing and like the nerve thing is very weird. Uh, I've had some like weird nerve stuff from shoulder injuries and shit. And like for people who haven't had nerve pain or like that jolt before, it's very hard to describe, but it's like, no matter how fucking, that's one of those ones where it's like, no matter how fucking tough you are, like you cannot gut out nerve pain. It's like too much. It's like, so (laughs) it's like, it's like electric kind of feeling. And like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very hard to like, like, that's one of those ones where it's like, you cannot just be like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, it'll oh. be fine. Like, I'm tough. Like, it's like, no, my body is literally saying, we're not doing this. Yeah, it's it's so involuntary. And um, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, you kind of nailed it there. You just, you can't fight through it. Um, I also have sciatica now in my on my left side, in my left hip. And it's the same thing. Um, the first time that happens, I it's just another thing that you can't fight through. Um, so, yeah. But, Especially you know. that one. That's a brutal one. Like the <laughs> yeah. sciatic like stuff is like lightning bolts. I've I've had several buddies who have dealt with that sort of thing. And they say it's fucking terrible. It's so weird the shit that we do to our body to like do the sport that no one gives a fuck about. I know. Um, yeah, we like <laughs> don't make money doing it, and it yeah. destroys our bodies. But we continue to do it and love it. And, so. Yeah, in fact, like spend quite a bit of money. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like the like you start thinking about like how much you spend on like traveling for a meet, just traveling for a meet. It's like oh, but like the 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 purse if you win is five grand and it's like well (laughs) that covers like groceries and like maybe this trip like but the whole training cycle probably cost me fucking more than that you know it's like uh it's very funny like uh so as far as kind of like switching gears a little bit um obviously uh you you carry a lot of muscle on you and you stay very lean um what is your training like i feel like uh, powerlifting, like even on the multiply thing side of things, like people have kind of gone towards that sort of like leaner, more like, um, like there's just less fat people lifting weights now, I guess, like at a high level. So uh-huh. I, yeah. I don't know how else to say it, you know what I mean? So, uh, but like you yourself, you, you stay particularly lean, it seems, and, and very muscular. So, uh, what is your training split kind of look like? Do you train? Uh, sort of with like a bodybuilder sort of intensity with stuff or is your diet just super tight? Like how does, how does that aspect of your like training life go? So in my off season, um, I still, I still, you know, do heavy squat bench and deadlifts. It's just not as heavy. And then I do predominantly bodybuilding style workouts. So I'll still throw in some, like I said, heavy squat bench deadlifts, 
um, because I like to keep that going even in my off season. But um, like I said, it's very much a like a bodybuilding style workout. And um, I just eat like a shit ton of food. Um, and then when I'm getting ready for a meet, obviously I don't do as many accessories, but I still keep up my bodybuilding. I guess you'd call it more like a power building style workout. I kind of hate to call it that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and because of my sciatica, I can't really train certain things at the frequency I used to. Like I squat maybe twice a week. Um, I can only deadlift once a week. Um, and I hate to say it, but my, my first week into my uh, current training program, I had to skip deadlifts. Um, and then I bench twice a week as well. So, but yeah, okay. my accessories go down once I get closer to, to a meet, but, um, yeah, there's some power lifters that just don't do a lot of accessory work and really focus on <laughs> hypertrophy, but that's just. I mean, that's kind of where I came from. Like, I used to just do straight bodybuilding style stuff because um, I like to look – like, I want to be strong, but I also want to, like, look strong too. Um, yeah. And my diet – my diet's been kind of shitty lately. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I've just kind of been eating whatever I want. But, again, like, I, I'm competing July 31st, so I'll start cleaning up my diet. Like, maybe next week, not this week. Um, well, I think that also, I think it's in, like, it's important to note that people like listening and shit, like when you say you've been eating whatever, it's like to you, whatever is probably still healthier than most like, oh, yeah. random human beings. And like, just, you don't get to like, you don't look how you look without having a pretty good understanding of like what a fucking plate of food should look like. Mm -hmm. or what a Tupperware is. So like there is like, there is some nuance to that. Cause it's like, uh, you're not eating two, like you're not drinking two liters of Coke with a box of Oreos. Like, well, maybe no. you do occasionally, <laughs> but not all the time. You know what no. I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's uh there's like a important nuance to that because I think that people kind of hear that, like, you know, with my off season training, like when I'm not getting ready for me, I might say things like, yeah, I'm just going in the gym and fucking around and not really do it. It's like, but, my fucking around quote unquote is still pretty serious if you put it next to most people's training. Yeah. So with the, with the diet, I think that that's very similar, uh, sort of on the same, uh, note I saw you like in your, uh, you did an AMA today in your stories and I was just popping through them. Mm -hmm. Um, someone asked the most boring played out question in the universe, but I, I still, I still feel like uh, it's important to like kind of put it out there. Someone's like asked something about like muscular women and some people don't like it and some people do. And your mm -hmm. response was fucking awesome. You're just like, I guess some people like it and some people don't. Like, I don't know yeah. what to tell you. Um, <laughs> but as far as, you know what I mean? It's like, it yeah. just is what it is. Like some people's cup of tea and some people it's not. But uh, like for you in the sport and maybe in like your you know, day-to-day -day life. I'm not sure what to do for work or whatever, but um, like, have you dealt with uh, the like standard bullshit that women who carry muscle on them have had to deal with? Because- Oh my God, uh, yes. Like that shit sucks. Like I, I think that shit's super lame because we were talking about it at the gym today. Like me and my buddy at the gym were kind of like goofing on like people who say like they don't want to get too bulky. And it's like, yo, like, what do you oh mean gosh. by that? And then, and then someone will show you a picture and it's like, yo, that person that you just showed me was, has been working their ass off mm -hmm. for years and years and years to look, yeah. like, you're not going to accidentally look 
too muscular. That doesn't fucking happen. No. Um, <laughs> so no. like, have you had to deal with like, uh, either that end of things, maybe from women or like, like, Oh, I want to get jacked, but not as jacked as you. And you're like, bitch, don't worry about it. But like, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I get that. what about like men? Oh, constantly. I constantly. So I used to be a personal trainer and, um, I work for a family owned GNC. That's so like a franchise. Okay. GNC. So, yep. and I've been doing that for the past six years. So, you know, I get a lot of people daily all the time who are just newer on their fitness journeys and stuff like that. And they will literally say, and even guys, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I want to get jacked, but like, but not like you or even um, you know, a couple months ago, this guy came in and he's a regular customer and he's like a really nice guy, but he was like, I gotta just, stop. I was like, explain something. I gotta just stop you. I gotta stop you. And I'm like, okay. He's like, if I cut your head off, I would think I was talking to a guy. Like, not your voice, not your face, but, like, your body. And I'm what like, the fuck? And here this guy was, like, overweight as hell, so unhealthy, like, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> thanks, Craig. Holy, awesome. holy know? shit, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it's like, but, I don't know, like, if you had, in the reverse situation, it's hilarious because it's like, if you walked in to a restaurant or something and there was like a chubby person you're like hey man i'd like a good meal not as many as you eat you know, know. what i mean like 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 how crazy would that be people would be like what's your fucking problem but it's like you know yeah. like uh, obviously like my wife is a uh, or was a competitive powerlifter and like you know she got big legs big upper back the whole fucking thing and like mm-hmm. she definitely had people say shit to her it's like really kind of bizarre um yeah have have you had like so obviously you've dealt with that then dealing with a uh, like working in a like a supplement store it must be pretty constant like are the uh, like the men you kind of expect it like you're gonna get that shit and then I'm sure you get fucking creeps or or whatever um, but like have women been accepting of like you know how you present and like all that stuff because I feel like we've kind of I, I hope but it seems like we've made a kind of a turn in the right direction with that shit where people are kind of like, fuck it, like, do you, um, but have women been, uh, good to you about all that? Or have you had to deal with bullshit on that Mm. side of things? You know, it's 50, 50. Um, I get a lot of women who will straight up just tell me they don't want to look like me. And I'm like, well, and I, I don't tell them, I'm like, Hey, I've been lifting since I was 15 years old. I'm 36 now. You don't just get this way on accident. Um, and if you feel like you're starting to get a little too muscular, just freaking stop. Like, you lose <laughs> the muscle. It's really, you lose muscle fast. And I learned that the hard way when I broke my arm. Um, so, but for the most part, people are super cool, whether they're lying to my face or not. You know, they act like they're really supportive. I have, like, girls that say that, you know, they look up to me and that, you know, they, like, I'm what they strive to look like. And, you know, I don't let any of that shit bother me. It does not matter. Like, people could tell me I look like a dude all day long, and I would just laugh because it literally does not matter to me. Um, I have goals in powerlifting, and my body is going to get me there. That's, you know, and that's that. Um, I'm not always going to look this way, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I'm going to maintain it as long as I can and have fun with it. Yeah, that's sick. I, I like that. Like, I have goals and my body's going to get me there. I think that that's really cool too. And like having the, um, 
the kind of viewpoint where it's like, yo, I didn't fucking do this for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. this shit for me. So fucking get over it. And it's um, just so creepy. It's, you know, it's creepy when guys, you know, have to voice their opinions on my body, you know, especially when they say, oh, I wouldn't like sleep with someone that looks like you. And it's like, well, I would never sleep with you in a million years. And I don't care <laughs> what you find sexually attractive. Like it's gross, you know? Yeah, so. You're like, sort of just like, well, I guess it works out, buddy. Cause <laughs> <I> like, <know>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I kind of like, you know, like it's weird because when you're, you know, all of us like in the, you know, industry and in the powerlifting culture, like we just, think that what we see on social media is like the rest of the world. So if someone asked me, I'd be like, oh, powerlifting super popular and everybody's fucking rad and whatever. But it's like, that's not the case. So like when we yeah. step in somewhere, people are like, oh, you're fucking, you know, people tell me like, oh, you're a big guy. And it's like, I don't know, man, I've trained with people who are 300 pounds and fucking yoked. Like, I don't think of myself as a big dude. But mm -hmm. to normal people at a fucking diner on Sunday morning, <laughs> I'm a freak show. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> I think that that kind of like people get kind of like taken back by it, but they should probably uh -huh. keep it to themselves. Um, yeah. As far as uh, like culture, um, where are you located? Like roughly? So I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, I've been to a... Are you near the like Norse compound? I've been out there. My buddy owns that or an old friend of mine. Um, so I don't know that, where that is in relation. That's in Concord, I believe. That's about yeah, an yeah. hour, maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from where I live. Okay. So is there like a decent like um, strength culture in like the gym that you train out of uh, in Raleigh? Like is there – uh, like what's the culture like there, um, as far as people in the gym and the strength sports and all that? So the gym I go to, since it's closest to my house, it's a commercial gym. So, but there's actually oh, shit. a decent amount of, yeah, but there's a decent amount of powerlifters there and the people that own the gym are super cool. Like they got me a Texas deadlift bar so I could like, Sick. you know, yeah. Um, I wish they would get me a Texas squat bar and all that, but that's not, that's not going to happen. But anyway, so, but the people there are like super cool. Um, there's a lot of kids that go there that want to get into powerlifting that ask me a lot of questions. So everyone is like really supportive, really awesome. But when I am getting ready for a powerlifting meet, I go to Spider Strength Gym and that's where like all the powerlifters go. Super great community. Everyone helps everyone. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a small, small place so it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to get my workouts in there but um but that's that's the place to go to if you're in Raleigh yeah so sure. you kind of like when when you're gonna take like a big squat or something like that you'd head over the, to like the powerlifting gym but most yeah. of your work yeah yeah that's cool uh as far as like raw lifting culture I like to ask this question too because I'm kind of like outside looking in and like the 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 multiply culture and um, raw culture are similar, <laughs> but very different in lots of different ways. Um, you know, I'm assuming you've done some of the big meets now since you've come back or no? Um, so since, since my injury, I've only done one meet. Um, and then, okay. I'm, like I said, I'm doing another one in July, at the end of July. And then I was invited to a pro meet. Um, I can't remember what it was called, like the USPA Pro something, and I believe that's in September, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that because um, I do want to okay. start doing 
bigger, bigger meats. It's just you yeah, kind of hard to travel. Yes. So it seems like like the you know obviously like multiply is a little bit of like an older person seems you know what I mean like it's not as social media prevalent like there's not many multiply lifters that have 50,000 followers on Instagram. It's kind of like, it's less accessible. It seems like mm-hmm. to the general public. So the, the, the Instagram stuff is like a little less popping than the, the raw stuff. Like, do you find that the popularity of raw powerlifting and like being a female during this, like sort of like rise in female like competitors and and just general like the amount of eyeballs on you and stuff like do you think social media is uh typically positive for uh your corner of the sport or do you find it to be negative or like what's your experience been with that because obviously you have i i don't remember you have a shit ton of followers so it's like uh has that do you think that that stuff is good for the sport bad for the sport like how has your experience been with the social media end of things it's been really, it's been overwhelmingly positive, I would say. I do get some negativity, but that's generally on TikTok. <laughs> um, but Instagram, I think it's been really positive. And the more eyes on me, the more exposure like women in powerlifting gets. And it kind of like inspires other women of all ages to get involved. And I think that's awesome. I have so many uh, women that are newer to powerlifting or like interested in powerlifting and they're always asking me for like program advice and this and that. So I think it's just helping grow the sport. Um, And I think that's awesome because I love to see women get into powerlifting because I think it just helps boost their confidence and they're just, they realize they're capable of so much more than what they think. You know, when I first got into powerlifting, I used to look at like other women who were squatting 400, benching in the twos and deadlifting in five. And I'm like, there's no way I'll ever get there. And then just over time and like consistency and like staying disciplined, you know, I'm like there, you know, and it's just, it's still like kind of crazy. Um, yeah, that's sick though because you're the person now and I could I could see you're like or I could I could feel like your hesitancy to say like inspiring because that word seems so fucking cliche and it kind does. of like yeah and like masturbatory if you're talking about yourself like I'm an inspiration but fuck it like yeah. if you got it like that that's sick like you're the person now like you're the person that the girl sees that you're pulling the five plates and they're going oh fuck like I'll never be able to do that. But like, I think that that shit's really important too. I think that there were times um, where uh, I'm sure like powerlifters could kind of like cannibalize themselves, like where mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, like it's like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like who the fuck is this broad? Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not, yeah. sure they don't lift this much or whatever. And, and that shit probably still goes on. I really like, I don't see much of it, but I'm sure it does go on, especially like behind closed doors and stuff. But I think yeah. that um, being uh, like a positive sort of just like open book um, and being helpful, like all that does is like the sea rises, so do all the ships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if over the course of the next however many years you get 200 women to do their fucking first powerlifting meet because they're looking at you like, 
that's fucking sick. That's 200 more entries that are paid mm-hmm. for. That's 200 more people walking around with a t-shirt that has a powerlifting meet on it. That's going to get other people into it. And I, I think yeah. that sometimes, you know, we might lose sight of like the fact that um, the, the big pay meets, like the big pro meets don't fucking happen unless there's enough novices getting into the sport to mm-hmm. support the whole thing. That's like, very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, we have to have those people in the sport or nothing happens. Like the NBA yeah. doesn't fucking happen unless there's JV <laughs> basketball. Like we that needs to be a fucking thing. Yeah. And uh I think that that's really cool that you're like uh aware of the fact that there's people looking up to you and stuff. Do you uh do you do any coaching or anything like that or do you like kind of stay away and do you do your own coaching, I guess? Like does someone program for you? If so, who and all that stuff? So I do a little bit of coaching. I am super busy um, with work and my personal life and everything. And when I know I don't have the time to really dedicate to help, you know, someone improve, um, I kind of just put that on the back burner. But I do have a couple people that I'm kind of coaching right now. And I just, I just help people out, like some, you know, kids at the gym and stuff like that when they have questions and stuff. Like I'll help them with commands. So I, can, I help people out you know, for free (laughs) that way, you know, it's just, it's just fun. Um, but personally I do. So (laughs) since I'm so injury ridden right now with my sciatica and like my arm issues and stuff, um, and I know my body pretty well and I know what I respond to, um, and what has been successful for me, like programming wise in the past, I, I kind of, I made my own personal programs. Um, and I've just been coaching myself. I think my last coach was Joe Sullivan, and he was a fantastic coach. Loved him. Um, but that's when I ended up getting sciatica, and uh, yeah, I just couldn't follow. I, I couldn't follow his programs because I didn't know if I was gonna have the pain or not, and have to skip things. So I'm just kind of doing my own thing right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like uh, like D and? Uh, I guess I don't, I'm not sure if this is an asshole question or not, uh, or not. Do you have like a big enough understanding of what you need to prep yourself for a meet that you could prep yourself if, if need be? Like if you're still banged up going into a meet, like would you do that yourself or would you end up hiring out for that? Um, I mean, so the last two meets that I've done, not including the one where I broke my arm, um, I, I've done all myself. So oh, sick. Yeah. Um, on meet day, I would just make sure I have a handler. Um, and there's always someone there that I, I can trust to help make calls. Um, my best friend, uh, Kayla, um, her fiance, they're engaged now, um, Eric Wilberg. I usually try to do meets where I know he's going to be there because he helps me make calls and, you know, Kayla helps keep my head on straight. So they're an awesome team. Um, so they kind of help me. So I'm not like completely solo. Um, I have people in my corner and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just me, me doing my own thing. And I think I have a, a good enough grasp. Yeah, that's what I can handle. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, based on the numbers that you're putting up, that's sick. Are you a, like a uh, like are you a crazy person on on meet day? Are you like hyper aggressive, or are you like sort of calm and cool? Or did that change after you got hurt and all that? Oh gosh. So after I got hurt, 
I was literally about to throw up before the squat. Um, I don't know. I was just, I just convinced myself something disastrous was going to happen. But once I got through squats, like I was good. I was ready to go. The nerves, the nervousness went away. But generally when I compete anyway, um, you know, squats through your first lift. So I'm usually always a little nervous anyway, but, um, I'm usually pretty focused and I have a lot of resting bitch face on because I'm trying to stay in the zone. <laughs> so like people probably think I look like a really mean person, but I'm not, I'm super fucking friendly and I love, <laughs> I love talking to people, but like after, after I've competed, then I'll float around and bullshit and whatever but yeah <laughs> you know i gotta say like i need that like aggression i need to lift the weight like you can't be like all happy goofy you know i gotta be like sure. I gotta have that that kill it mindset so. so yeah so you so you do like to get like in the zone and take it very seriously and like mm -hmm. super focused yeah that's cool it's interesting talking to different people because everybody's got kind of like uh like a different vibe to it like you know, a friend of mine, Amber Alice, like she's a freak, like she does multi single and raw and she's a savage. And she's yeah. like the, she's like the goofball cracking jokes, walking up to the bar and she squats 800 pounds. Like she's a <laughs> fucking savage. So it's like, you know, it's just interesting how different people have that like different thing to kind of get them through it. Some people yeah. need to flip the switch and some don't, I think that shit's so cool. Um, so we're kind of coming to the end here. Uh, I like to end the show with with a kind of a thoughtful uh, question. It used to be the same question every time, but I kind of switch it up based on guests now. So, um, you know, obviously you have a lot of experience uh, and then you had like this big injury. Um, if you could give uh, someone like, you know, a piece of advice as far as like coming off of a big injury um, what is something that maybe helped you mentally get your head around the fact that you, that you were injured or anything or something like that, like that you would tell someone after they've had like one of the big ones. So after my injury, so I always thought if I got injured, I would be like a mess, like depressed, um, you know, all that. And honestly, it, my experience, it was, I mean, it sucked. But it's all about your mindset. And if you keep a positive mindset and if you just do what you can, um, like, yeah, I couldn't use my arm, but, you know, I could work out the rest of my body and I could use bands to to exercise my bad arm. You know, so there's ways that you could work around any injury. And if you just keep it going while you're healing and just focus on, like, your post-injury PRs, um, you're going to be just fine. It's not the end of the world. Like, you're going to get better. You're going to get stronger. Um, you know, things might not ever feel the same, but, like, it's not the end, you know? And that's what I had to keep on reminding myself. Like, my injury is not the end of my powerlifting career unless I want it to be. And I'm not ready to stop, so. Fuck um, yeah, sick. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's great advice. That's a great way to end it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you spending the time. Uh, do you want to give out like uh, social media where people can find you on there? Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is just my name, Robin Machado, R-O-B-Y-N-M-A-C-H-A-D-O. And my TikTok is super fucking cringy. And I really, um, <laughs> I don't really post a lot of that on my Instagram, but it's powerlifting underscore i think underscore portuguese p-o-r-t-a-g-e-e 
So, yeah. <laughs> Go there for the cringe. For the cringe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Cool. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, all right, guys, that's all we got for today. Uh, make sure you follow my personal page, Anthony CW13, uh, then the trigger warning page, trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate, uh, and then also the gym page, Anchor Athletics NH. Please go and follow that page. We've got all our athletes back um, for the summer, and it's fucking rocking in there. Um, all right, that's all we got for today. Thanks again for listening to the TWC Stay Hated podcast. And as always, stay hated, motherfuckers.